0: challenging men to be great men. Welcome to the Great Man podcast with your host, New York Times best-selling author, Stephen Mansfield. Gentlemen, let us begin. I want to talk to you and just think out loud with you a little bit about a young man named Nicholas Cruz. Now, You might not recall that name, maybe you don't recognize it, but this is the name of the young 19-year-old boy who recently shot up a high school in Parkland, Florida. It's turned out to be one of the worst shootings, one of the worst school shootings in American history. Uh, It was horrible, it was violent, it was bloody, and there are many different ways we can look at this shooting. Apparently, officials let us down, apparently... Uh, There was some degree of dereliction of duty. Apparently 23 times there were phone calls to officials warning about this young man and nothing was done. Perhaps nothing could be done. Um, uh, Difficult situation, painful. But I want, as a man with you, together with other men, to look at the life of this young man just for a moment. Uh, He obviously lived a troubled life. When he was five years old, he had apparently a harsh father, and one day he walked into his mother with tears in his eyes. His mother said, what happened? Did your father punish you or say something harsh? And the little boy, Nicholas, five years old, with tears in his eyes, said, no, mommy, he's dead. Apparently, Nicholas Cruz's father had died right in front of him of a heart attack. Years later, his mother died, uh, a horrible and wasting disease. And Nicholas had to watch that entire situation, that entire demise of the only parent he had. He was apparently uh, taken in by foster parents. Uh, they've appeared on national television. They were already aware he was a little bit unusual. He owned guns that were very powerful. And 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 apparently the, the, the foster father made him agree to put the the guns into a gun safe but then wasn't didn't make sure that Nicholas didn't have a key and it turns out Nicholas did have a key People in the neighborhood tried to warn officials, apparently women, repeatedly noticed of young Nicholas's life that he was violent, that he uh, killed small animals, that he threatened kids in the neighborhood, that he threw rocks uh, at the heads of some of his friends, that he waved guns around, that he talked on social media about being a school shooter, that uh, he was basically a misfit. He was basically kicked out of his high school, and that's one of the reasons he was so angry. Now, what I'm not trying to do is build undue compassion for this young man. He's He's got evil in his life. He did a horrible thing. And since he's technically an adult, um, he will probably suffer. Uh, either I don't think Florida has the death penalty, but he'll probably be put in prison uh, for a lot of years. But what I do want to point out, what I do want to raise for us as men is the possibility That a good and noble man stepped into Nicholas Cruz's life. You see, it bothers me that the main people sounding the alarms were women. They were neighborhood women who watched this kid from afar, knew that he was unfathered, knew that he was untethered, knew that he was violent, knew that he was dangerous, and tried to sound the alarms. So, my first question becomes where were the men in that community? Why was it that women were having to notice and sound the alarms? I'm not opposed to women being wise. I certainly believe that they're wise and insightful and often sense things about people, and and especially in the lives of the young, uh, very early. That's that's as it should be. That's wonderful. But I don't want women to have to do it alone. I don't want women to notice things and have no one to report them to. I want men to be active. So my question is, where are the men in the communities around Nicholas Cruz, who can help identify what's going on and take action? Number two, what would have happened? If a man had stepped into Nicholas Cruz's life, now I know some folks will say, "Well, hey, there was a there was a foster father, and he was apparently involved." But but you know, it's very obvious by their own admission that these foster parents uh, tried to make a place for Nicholas, but but really weren't very much engaged. Uh, again, uh, he, they required him to put his guns in a gun safe, but then didn't make sure that Nicholas didn't have a key to that gun safe, and those are the guns he used to do this horrible shooting. So. Uh, I'm, I'm not trying to pick on the foster parents who obviously opened their home and were trying to do a good and a noble thing and now real, now have said out loud uh, and in public that they, they didn't realize they had such a monster living in their home. I mean, that's the tragedy. That's, that's the kind of turning to darkness that, that's going to happen in this situation. But what might have happened if a man had gotten close to Chris Nicholas Cruz? What would have happened if somebody had buddied up to him? What would have happened if somebody had asked the, uh, the great question from the Seabiscuit movie, what are you so mad about? What are you so upset about? What's going on with you? I mean, Nicholas Cruz was obviously acting out. He was obviously waving guns in the air. He was killing neighborhood dogs. He was torturing cats and frogs in his yard. I mean, he he was a kid who was troubled, no question about it. And I'm not excusing any of it. But what might have happened if a man had stepped up and stepped into his life? and begun to narrate his pain for him and begun to say, I understand what you're feeling and and begun to make a difference. Not a distracted foster father. Again, as much as we might honor that man for uh, opening his home to anybody uh, in this day and age, that's noble, but, but no one seems to have been close. No one seems to have understood what was going on. Even if that man having pulled in with Nicholas uh, realized that he was deeply troubled and needed help and insisted that somebody give it, we probably would have avoided the shooting. So men, could have made the difference. Men in the broader tribe in the neighborhood and then men nearby. Where were the men? I'm not trying to place blame on men in general. Uh, This kid bears his own responsibility. He's messed up and he's a murderer. No question about it. But what might have happened? You see, because my third point is that more so than terrorists from abroad, uh, more so than members of ISIS, more so than Muslim extremists, the people who are devastating our society are screwed up young white men. They're the ones doing the shooting. Uh, They're the ones who are doing the rape and the sexual abuse on campus. Uh, They are the ones who are doing more damage uh, than another type. And you know, certainly if you listen to this podcast at all, I'm not defending ISIS for heaven's sakes. I'm just saying that within the shores of the United States, for example, Far more damage is being done by messed up young white males than is being done by the terrorists who get so much attention. And so, what we've got to have in our generation uh, is a movement of men who are stepping into the lives of young men, stepping into the lives of boys. I've quoted many times the African proverb I love so much, which is that if we do not initiate the boys, they will burn the village down. Well, At Parkland, at the school at Parkland, Florida, a young uninitiated man helped to burn the village down. At other schools, burn the village down. Time and again, college campuses, inner cities, burn the village down. That's what's going on. And so one of the reasons we've got to have a surge, a movement of great manhood is so that we have a network, we have a family, we have a body into which to bring the boys. Where was the body of men in the community, in the church, in the family, the foster parents' family perhaps, who could come around Nicholas Cruz and either help him heal and become noble of soul or contain him, challenge him. And even arrest him if necessary. In other words, it shouldn't have been terrorized moms watching this guy. It shouldn't have been distant men neglecting him. We could have made a difference. We need a movement of noble manhood. And I'm going to say something that's going to upset some of you. But my fourth point is this. Look. I, I, this, I don't want to make this about guns. I don't hear about a shooting and assume immediately it's about guns. But one of the things that men do is that men help to bring, I trust, reason and wisdom and protection of the community to public policy. Now, the fact of the matter is, and I think you already know where I am on guns. I own guns. I have concealed carry permits. I hunt. I shoot. I'm a, I believe in gun ownership. But in Florida, Nicholas Cruz could not have walked into a bar and gotten a beer, bought a beer, but he could walk into a gun store and purchase an AR 15. And by the way, I strongly urge you to do a little bit of research and uh, try to learn a little bit about what an, what an AR 15 does that's different from a pistol. Uh, an AR 15 round is so fast, so rapid, so violent that it doesn't just make a hole in the human body, it liquefies the organs it passes by. Part of the problem at the Parkland school shooting uh, is that doctors, once they got to a student's body, had nothing to repair. So you, you need to understand, get educated a little bit on what an AR-15 AR does and, and how its projectile goes through the human body. I am not on the left side of this issue politically. I am not a person who is opposed to guns. I do not want to outlaw guns. I do want men to step up from their knowledge and experience in the military, in hunting, their concern for the community, their calling to stand guard over the community and tend their field. I do want men to insist that public policy make sense and that public policy is informed by good and noble and great men who are standing guard for the community. That doesn't mean banning guns, but it does mean some sanity. No one in America believes it was right for Nicholas Cruz to be unable to go into a bar in Florida and buy a beer, but be able to go and acquire an AR-15 to shoot up a school. No one believes that. And I'm speaking as a guy who owns guns, believes in them, believes that we're safer if good people have guns. Nevertheless, let's, let's have some policy not just shaped by people who are removed from the situation on the street in Washington, but people who know what's going on. Not just people who are uh, paid, uh, perhaps by lobbyists, but people who actually are in the community and who are making sense by men and women, yes, who understand what the real facts are. I know that's going to upset some folks. I I know that some of my friends are, are absolutely don't touch my guns at all. But none of us can believe that what happened there was right from the standpoint of this young mentally imbalanced man being able to do what he did legally when he couldn't even buy a beer at a bar. That's that's nuts. We need some men to stand up and be righteous men. But my final question, my final challenge to us coming out of the Nicholas Cruz situation is... And again, I'm not laying this at the door of men. I'm not saying men in Florida fail. That is not what I'm saying. I'm using it to challenge all of us. Where is the community of men? Even now, even now, are there there communities of men? Are there uh, networks of men? Are there uh, the bands of brothers? Around that school, even now, pulling in, walking the halls, being fathers to those young students, telling them to be at ease I'm not talking about necessarily with guns that's 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 more for the officials to do, I imagine but Are they there? Are they there on the playing fields? Are they in the classroom? Are men involved? Are men engaged? And the only way that can happen is for men to have these networks of bands of brothers, these this this community among men that is solid, that is noble, that is inspiring, that is helping them become better and great men, and that is initiating the boys. I'm not neglecting the girls. I'm not neglecting the women. I'm just talking to the men right now. I'll tell you what I want to be part of. I want to be part of a noble network of men that is growing, that is challenging each other, that's helping each other become better men. And when something like that happens, God forbid, anywhere else, that that network of men, they're not thinking of themselves as police. They're not thinking of themselves as, as the EMT service. They're thinking of themselves as fathers, as men, as men who make things safe, as men who stand guard, as men who put an arm around fatherless young men and women, as, as men who encourage teachers, as men who take responsibility for the community. I don't know a whole lot about Parkland, Florida, from the standpoint of its uh, manhood. I'd like to know something. I'd like to help. Uh, but I will tell you that I, my, my hope is that there is a network of noble manhood, a network of great manhood that's pulling it around that school and every school because we need men to be present in the life of young Nicholas Cruzes and the life of schools like that at Parkland and amongst the young in this country. Now, I believe I'm talking to good and noble men. I mean no condemnation. You are good men. You are growing. You are challenging. You are trying to accomplish things. But let's consider how we're going to address this because apparently it's rising in our society and not just here in the United States. I've got listeners to this podcast all over the world, and you've got the same thing happening in your communities. Let's build the networks of noble men who can help make this kind of thing obsolete. To join the Great Man community, or to book Stephen to speak at your men's event, go to greatman.tv. You'll learn about Stephen Mansfield's two essential books for men, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men and Building Your Band of Brothers, as well as some other great resources for becoming a great man. The Great Man Podcast is a Mansfield Group Production.